Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 112. Following two cracking wins, the boys have a well-earned break. What do Wales need to do to stop the English onslaught? You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back uh, on a midweek episode. Obviously, because it's a, a midweek break in the Six Nations, we're just going to spread this out. So you'll get this one today. We'll bring you another episode uh, kind of early next week, and that will lead us in nicely for the big game um, a week on Saturday, which we will talk more about later. But uh, before that, I'm of course joined as always by Dan. Hi, mate. Hi, mate. I would, uh, being the Thursday, the 14th of February, I would wish you a happy Valentine's Day. But unfortunately, I'm, I'm your married. wife told me, <laughs> yeah, your wife told me if I sent you any more cards, she would give me a beating similar to what the English did to the French. And no one wants that. So <laughs> no I'll, I'll one, avoid that. No one wants that. Um, I'm glad you prepared a, a little one liner. It was, um, <laughs> Thanks, mate. it was really funny. Um, <laughs> I, I anyway. So. anyway uh, yeah, so so it's a bit of a. Ordinarily, we'd want to talk about the French game, and we will talk about it a little bit. But um, I, there's probably not a huge amount to discuss. Uh, obviously, we want to talk about Wales, but we also I'm conscious that we've got an episode coming up uh, early next week where the focus is going to be on that. So today, I think is more about just sort of talking about where things, where England are following the first two, their kind of opening couple of games. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about. There's a few in, uh, injury issues that um, we can discuss the impact that's going to have and a few decisions that have been made in camp. Um, and we can just talk about what we think that might uh, what, what we think that might mean. Um, but before all of that, you recently paid a little visit to ESPN HQ. Why don't you talk to I us did, about, about that? Oh, it was really good, actually. Doing a podcast, it was about... Um, it was about the sort of sporting rivalries and obviously England-Wales. And it, it was really interesting. It's uh, They've got, just seemed to sitting in their studio made us uh, probably put in perspective a bit more where our podcast is compared to professionals. And um, they had very, very good equipment for, for arguments. So. Who needs good equipment when, uh, when you've got you know, a, a mobile phone, some dodgy reception, you know, a bit of Skype? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But it was it was mate, it was a really good podcast. I really enjoyed it actually. Uh the, the chap Jed, I believe, from from Wales, uh, who's got his own podcast which we will uh which I will obviously let know. Uh he's a really nice guy, very knowledgeable about rugby. The presenters, so one of the presenters a guy, Alex and Jamie Lang from Made in Chelsea. Yep. So you know I mean you know me well, and for the listeners who don't know, I detest reality TV. I just can't stand it. No, no one would I, ever I, have thought it, Dan. I know, I know, it's weird. I had nothing against the guy, like, personally at all, but I met him. I was really surprised. He's, firstly, very knowledgeable about his rugby. It's great. Secondly, really nice guy. Really charming, engaging guy. So it was um, it was really good fun. I enjoyed it, as, as was Alex as well there. It's a good podcast, well worth listening to. We will send up a link. Head in the game, I believe it's called. Head in the game, that's right. We will the link. They are sending us the link to the episode. Uh, It's not out till next Monday, but we will send it out. But uh, uh, it was a really interesting experience, and it was good to 
sort of interact with other people who are doing, you know, other podcasts. Theirs is a more general sports podcast as a whole. As a whole. And we have a Welsh app. His one's very much Welsh-focused, but still, you know, a great podcast. And we will obviously get all this information online so um, anyone who listens can can see. But no, it was a it was a good experience, mate. I'm glad to have done it. Good, good. You represented us well. Thank you. Thank you, sir. No, I, that was a question. I believe... Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll have to find out on Monday. Um... We will have to find out on Monday. Uh, if, it's, if it's terrible, we'll, we'll have lost the link and it won't be broken and, and unfortunately we won't be able to share it. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what, what was the... I mean, obviously, Jamie Lang, he's English, I think. Um, yes. So was he leaning towards your way of thinking or was was there any kind of... Did you or did you and the, the Welsh the Welsh guy they had in kind of agree agree on most of what was being said? Like how how did it get feisty? No, no, no. It was it was it was um it, it was interesting. It was it was very much um I was a hundred percent in the English corner, he was a hundred percent in the Welsh corner, and neither of us was backing down on that. But it was done very respectfully. Um we were also there was there was a mention of the Lions and both of us I think said the same thing. The Lions are different. The Lions are the Lions. You, you don't care what country they're from as long as the Lions win. Um, I guess that depends on whether Warren Gatlin is uh, in charge and picking Welsh players that perhaps aren't as strong as their English, Scottish or Irish counterparts. Yeah, of course. I mean, we, we didn't go into huge debt, but I, I think we both agreed. Um, so what, what you're no. trying to tell me is that there's a very good chance that they contact us and say we decided to go down a different route and we won't be airing this episode. <laughs> Because it was really boring. No, I think 100% not, mate. I, I think my usual dulcet tones and general charisma will carry it through. Your, your usual dull tone, tones? Was that? I missed it. Cracked <laughs> up a little bit. It's this, it's this reception. It's this quality equipment we're using. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I, I, th- I think your version is probably something that resonates more with most of our listeners. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, guys, as Dan says, we'll um, we'll share links to all of that Um we're not we're not overly precious about our about our uh, sharing of other podcast links. Hopefully they'll reciprocate. We'll we'll see. We'll probably get more out of that. Um, but uh, yeah, you can uh, you can check them out on Monday and find out what Dan had to say for himself and um, and how he represented the England rugby pod. Um, fine. Uh, as we said, we, we will talk Wales later on, um, and obviously a lot of that will be next uh, next week. But uh, before we do that, let's let's look, take a little look back. Um, at these first couple of games, um, and just I guess you know after the first win in Dublin, uh, everyone was very quick to say, "Oh, don't count your chickens." You know, one one great win doesn't doesn't suddenly make you a great team, and all this sort of stuff. You know, it needs to be backed up. So England went to France and they backed it up. Um, they they are hundred percent did back it up. Yeah have have they have they done enough? Obviously, you know, two games, is, you could still argue that. You could argue it all the way to the, to the World Cup. But at what point do you start saying, if you're the rest of the world, because obviously we know where we where we sit in this camp, um, at what point do you start saying, shit, we need to, we need to you know, we need, we need to be careful here? I, I think anyone who's not looking at this England t- team and saying that now is being naive. Now, what we you know, we need to be... Despite our rose-tinted glasses, uh, we need to have a level of fair here. So when England were losing a few in a row, we were saying this does not make us a bad team. And 
these two wins, two good wins, doesn't make us a great team, that the quality of performances, mm. um, the immense power and precision of our of our forwards, especially, and the sort of you know flair and excitement of our backs, means that. You know, even two good performances, you don't have that without real quality and real talent. So people do need to take notes. I think for me, the, the the thing that kind of really stands out about these two wins is how very different they were. And yet they still were both kind of top quality. You know, the, the game plan that they executed uh, was very different between the Iron yes. game and the France game. And I think that's massively important because in a World Cup year... You know, building towards trying to win a World Cup, to be able to go out and play two very different styles of rugby emphatically and win emphatically in both games. You know, Eddie kept on keeps on saying in the media, you know, we we we're putting pressure in on on our oppositions in such a way that it's creating opportunities elsewhere, and whether that's kicking deep, um, you know, and forcing the back three to defend in a certain way that creates gaps on the outsides or, or, or through the midfield, you know, whether that's the, the, the forwards kind of power and, um, you know, the, the sort of the, the strength in their, in their defence. Um, it, it just strikes me as, you know, a very together side that kind of seems to know exactly what it's doing and it can execute its game plan accordingly and it can change its game. You know, in the past, it's very easy to look at teams and say, oh, well, they play a certain way and they play a certain way. And it seems like England have shown in just these first two games that they have the ability to say, right, who are we playing? What's the best game plan to play that team? Let's go and execute that game plan. And then they go and do it. And that, I think, is the thing for me that's 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 so exciting about this team right now um, is that ability to just change the way that they play in order to beat the team yeah. in front of them. Mate, I, I completely agree. So a lot a lot of people said France were very poor, and they were. But France were very poor against Wales as well. Maybe not in the first half as such, but the reason France were very poor is because we massively exposed their weaknesses. Yeah. And, and like you say, we adapted to the game plan. These last two performances, I think, to me, have been absolutely outstanding. Um. And yes, there's other factors involved, but I, I, you, you know, the, the kicking, the understanding the French back three, and yes, you know, not every back three, that, it wasn't a great back three, or they, they certainly didn't play well that day. And not every back three will be that weak. But, but I think this, I is, think this is the key, this is the point Eddie was making, yeah. is that, you know, if, let's take Wales, for example, uh, you know, in, in 10 days' time. You know, if they say, right, well, we've got the back three to deal with that kicking pressure. Um, and so they they have a game plan to defend against that. That is them playing into our hands. That's them adjusting their game plan to defend us rather than coming up with their own game plan to attack us. I, I believe I've thought that before, Eddie, didn't I? Possibly. Um, <laughs> possibly. Possibly. Possibly not. Possibly not. Um, um, but, you know, hey, hey, and, and I think his point was that even if they do do that, and teams will, they'll adapt. They'll see the way that, you know, in the same way that for years... You know, teams around the world have done it by looking at New Zealand. How do they play? How do we how do we adapt to that? How do we play more like them? If teams start to defend that kicking game that England have you know seem to have now, um, as Eddie says, it's going to create spaces elsewhere. You've only got fifteen men on the pitch; they can only cover so much space. If you can force them to cover deep, 
then there's less of them in the line for a rush defence, for example. Yeah. Uh, and that exposes opportunities in the middle where you've got your Manus and your and your Henry Slades. So it's it, it's going to be very interesting to see what this third game. You know, we've seen two very different styles. Game number three, do they have do they have another another style? Is there a third option? Yeah, and and I think I think the I think the key thing for me in these last two games has been the power of our forwards, our forwards, um, and and there's probably less uh, nuances and. Uh, Things in in winning the upfront battle, our, our forwards have been absolutely outstanding in the last two games. And but it's not just outstanding from the sort of attack perspective. I mean, our defence has been insane. Someone like a someone like a Mark Wilson, who I, I'd say unsung hero, but I think, I think people are recognising him now. That guy, his work rate is absolutely insane. Mako's work rate has been brilliant, and everyone has been great. Yeah, well, well okay, well, that, this is a, a good point at which to say, you know, how big a loss is Mako? Because, of course, he's now out for the rest of the Six Nations. Um, we lost Mauro Toje the week before, and we said it's obviously a big loss. It would be to anybody, but we're fortunate enough to have the awesome foursome, and therefore cover is, is there in abundance. Is that the case for Mako? You know, he's obviously um, so, got um, Moon and Genge, and Genge as cover. Moon, yeah. So I think Mako is a bigger loss than Maro Toje for two reasons. Firstly, um, I think Mako at the moment is currently our most on form forward. And secondly, and this is no disrespect to the other two, in the second row, uh, I think our cover is so strong. Up front, yes, Genge and Moon, great players and I'm not worried about them at all, but I think Mako is still further ahead of them than perhaps a Toje is of Laundry or Laws, for yeah. argument's sake. So that's why I think it's a bigger loss, but I don't think in any way is it even close to being a crippling loss. Yeah, I, well, I agree with you. I think yeah. I think that this is this is England, this is England's first real test of um, you know is the strength is is the depth as strong as we think. Um, and I, I think it is, um, and I think this will cut, will, will prove it. Mako's not going anywhere as soon as he's fit, um, and it's about deciding which of these two guys is the permanent replacement because they've both had a crack uh, in the first two games um, coming off the bench, and now one of them is going to need to start, and that's going to be very telling. You know which way Eddie goes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, who, who do you think? I think he might go. Moon, just because I think he might say that Ellis Genge is a bit more of a wild card, and I'm not sure he'll want to play a wild card against Wales in Cardiff. Fair point. Moon had a very strong autumn. Moon um, had a great autumn. So, so yeah, for that reason, I think I think I think right now the pecking order is Mako, Moon, Genge in that order. Okay. But okay. but I think it's there for Ellis Genge to to kind of. You know, take it. He will obviously play. He'll he'll get his opportunity. Both of them are going to be involved. He'll get his chance. Yeah. And and we know he's a great player, and, he, and he's definitely a future of, uh, you know, in this sport for England. So it'll be very interesting. Interesting to see if he does have an impact. You know, he had his chance in in Dublin, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, we were all on such a high from from the way that the game was going. I don't I don't even really notice any of the subs come on. Sorry, the finishers. 
the finishes. Or yeah, the, it, the game changes as they're as they're being referred to at Harlequins. <laughs> I, I don't understand the need to to, to change the, like to reword what what they're well you know what so, they're so, called. So Eddie obviously introduced this idea, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 going into all sports. I saw something the other day. I think it was American football. They maybe yeah, they've always like that. They've always finishers as opposed to subs. No, but they, they've got special teams in America. They're, like American football, you don't need subs. Well, you, maybe it wasn't American. Like... Maybe it wasn't American football. Maybe it was something else. But it was it was another sport that was calling its bench the finishers. Um, uh, I, and I, people I, were saying, you know, where's this name come from? And obviously, Eddie was getting credit. Which is cool. Which, which I think is fair enough. I, I personally never heard it before, Eddie. No, I haven't. Um, but so, I, I think I, it's, I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's right. You know, lots of people are saying it's a PC thing. I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's, no, he's recognizing that. that the game has moved on and it's a twenty-three man game. Um, whether whether or not people want it to be or not, you know, whether whether you've got a Jeremy Guscott sitting there saying that you know it should be your best fifteen and and then you know your next best eight or whatever. I don't think that that's how it should be. I think it should, you know, it is a 23-man game. And actually, it's tactical who you put in there. You want the guys that are going to be strong for the last 20 minutes and offer you an edge. Um, so I, it's, it's interesting you say that because I used to be more along the line, probably the Gus got line, like you play your best 15 there. But actually, I'm now agreeing with you more because it has become such a 23 that I don't think you know, even if one player is considered slightly better or slightly more informed, I, I don't think it matters if he's gotten as a finisher because you think the impact he'll have as that is greater. I, I and I think Eddie's very good at that. Well, Jack I think that's, I, I, exactly. I think I think that was a tactical decision. And actually, I think if you told Eddie he had to pick either Jack Noll or Chris Ashton, he would go Noll. Just gen- generally, uh, like yeah. if he had to put them in order, I think he would put Noel above Ashton. But I think for the France game, he had a game plan, whether that was a psychological thing that we talked about last week or or, or something else. Um, the, the game plan revolved around having Jack Noel there at the end. Um, and, and that's not even, I'm not even necessarily sure that I would say that it, it was the right call um, because I, I felt that Ashton actually was probably... Just from what I saw, one of the weaker one of the weaker players in the side. Whether that's just unlucky, um, he, you know, I know he set up one of the tries with a little kick through, um, but I, yeah, I just I felt like he was he was just not quite. I don't know, maybe he, he just didn't feel quite as tuned in as some of the rest of the team. You know, watching him at the moment, it feels very much like they're all kind of tuned into one another. He felt slightly more on the outside to me. Um. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I do slightly understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't think in any ways he had a bad game, and I'd be amazed if the back three are not, um, or the back four, including the sub, are not Daly, May, Ashton, and Noel again. If I'm honest, uh, it, it could well be, but I, but it wouldn't equally. It wouldn't surprise me if Cognacega gets a call up, and if he does, I think it'll be for Ashton. Yes, I, I'll agree with that. Um, I mean, speaking of that, so so we, it's been announced. Obviously, yeah, we've we've talked about Mako being out, <clears throat> um, but it's been announced that four players, I think it is, have been sent back to their clubs this weekend. Yep, yep. So that's Dan Cole. Um, trying to pull it up as we speak because this is how efficient we are 
on this podcast. Cole Cockersinger, Robson, and... Is that one other? This, it's Cole Cockersinger. Um, and Mike Brown. And Mike Brown, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I wanted to talk about this. So, Dan Cole... Dan Cole and... Well, so let's start with Dan Robson, actually. So, Dan Robson, he's going to be involved still because he, he hasn't called up another scrum half. Time, Is yeah. this because Eddie's going, shit, I, uh, I've only given him 10 minutes so far in the Six Nations and I don't want him I, I, I don't want him to be completely kind of, you know, three three weeks, four weeks potentially without having played a competitive game of rugby bar 10 minutes at the end of the French game when it was all, all but over? I, I think that's almost definitely that. I think, so you're right, Robson, you know, barring injury, will be involved. I, I think my personal thoughts are the, the thinking behind this is Ben Youngs is going to start. Ben Youngs will be on the pitch whilst he's needed on the pitch. If it's a close game, he may well do the full eighty minutes. Yeah. So let's keep Dan Robson sharp mm-hmm. in, in case or in case we need to change it at nine. Um, so let's keep Dan Robson sharp. So yeah, I think what you said is the right reason why Dan Robson's yeah. there. So, so I think that's an obvious one. Um, if you then look at the yeah. other three, so you've got Dan Cole. Now, now, the options there are obviously Carl Sinclair starting and then you've got Dan Cole or Harry Williams. right? They're, yeah. they're the three. Dan Cole's been sent back to his club. Do we think that's because, in, in, in his case, is that because actually Eddie's thinking, you're my third choice and I probably don't need you? I think so. Mike Brown has got to be the same because we, we've yeah, already decided this. Mike Brown have been sent back because... They are not likely to be involved in the Wales uh, match day squad, and so that just leaves us with Joe Cock and Asiga. And this is, yeah, this is where I'm. I'm th- just given how he looked in the autumn, and and the difference that he, yeah, and we know that Eddie likes a, a good big and over a good little one. Yeah, um, I, I feel like I, he, I, I feel like he still wants to see him. I, I feel like he wants to see him, and I feel Joe Cock and Asiga will be involved in the situations. I feel that. At the moment, I don't know. This is the one where I really don't know. Let's talk about more but, about how we feel. We're saying feel a lot. <laughs> how, how do you feel? <laughs> I, I feel fine. I feel good. Um, I, my thoughts are that Aston is still ahead of Cognacy uh, just at the moment. And I still think that um, Cognacy has been sent back because he probably won't be involved. That's interesting. But that I, yeah, I'm I, less committed to. Yeah, then. see, I, I got a, I've got a feeling that he sent him back, like he has with Dan Robson, because he hasn't had game time, because obviously he was injured, and and now he's not injured anymore, and and there's a week off, so he sent him back to go look, go and go and play a match, and assuming that all goes well, I'm thinking of having you on the bench against Wales to offer something different. Maybe. Um, because he does offer something different, you know. There's no question. Um, and if you can kind of go Farrell, Manu, um, Slade, Cock and Asiga, you kind of got, you know, little and big and little and big. And I don't know, there's, some, there's something interesting about that, especially with Farrell and, and at the moment, the vision that he has and his ability to just pick the, the exact right thing to do for the moment, whether that's the kick through or the long pass or whatever it might be. And it give, we give him so many options because rather than just having Manu as the as the physical threat in the... Uh, in the back line, he can pick between sending it wide and letting Cock and Asiga do that, or Cock and Asiga coming on on his inside. Or you know, there's just lots of options. I don't know. I feel like that might be the next thing 
just in terms of keeping oppositions guessing, you know, you don't want Wales going, oh, look, they did this against Dublin, they did this against France, we've, we've got all options covered. No, actually, there's, there's another option, at least as far as the, the back line is concerned. So, yeah, I don't know. Would you be, dis- would you be disappointed either way? I'd quite like to see Cochranesiga uh, on the bench, but no, I, I, like I'm not going to. I'm not going to look at Ashton as uh, you know on the bench and go, or even Ashton starting with Noel on the bench and go, oh, this is a disaster. Um, yeah. So, or yeah. even a weak link. I don't, I don't think Ashton will ever be a weak link. I think Ashton is brilliant. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see which way he goes. But yeah, so I, I think I think definitely two of those four are being sent home because they're not needed, and I think. Well, we know Dan Robson obviously is. It's almost guaranteed that the reason he's he's going is just to get game time because he hasn't called up an alternative um, replacement nine. Of course. Uh, and yeah, I, that's why. Interesting, interesting, Daniel. I'd ask you if Danny Kerr had been on the bench instead of Dan Robson. Do you think he would have got more game time than Robson? Maybe just because he's he's got more experience of coming on in big games. Yeah. Um, and maybe Eddie was just thinking, although, I, I, it, to be honest with you, that it doesn't make any sense to me at all in that French game, given the scoreline. Um, I, was, I was surprised. You know, it, I was surprised at, at the very least, I'd have thought he'd have had 20 minutes, if if not more, as we said at half-time, I think. You know, this game's won. Bonus points in the bag. The game's won. Why not rest some big players? Yeah, I and maybe if there was a game the next weekend, maybe there would have been a, more, more of a rest for Youngs. I'm, I'm surprised, but I, in no way am I using the criticism against Eddie because I think Eddie and the coach staff have been spot on so far. But that's because they listen to us, Dan. It must be. I can't think of any other reason. Yeah, you know, I can't. I can't imagine there'd be a reason such as they're all brilliant rugby technicians. They've got great no, no, experience. No, no. It, it, it must just be listening to. The England our, our full podcast, of course, yeah. of course, every minute of every episode. That's why they have such. Like. That's why they now finally have such an in-depth knowledge of that team. Exactly. I, I think I think they stopped listening to us for for a little while during the Lions. Know, last. Yeah, during the Lions last year. Well, I was thinking more last year when we went on that losing streak. Oh yeah, they wanted to try out their own thing. They they thought, okay, we've got some ideas from these guys, but come on, we can do this ourselves. They tried it. Yeah. It didn't work. Five losses on the bounce. They came back and were like, nah. These 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 are the guys that are making this happen, and and yeah, they started listening again, and look what's happened. And like we told everyone, it, you know, we told everyone it was going to happen. We told them we turned this around. Anyway, let's let's take our heads out of the clouds for a moment, um, <laughs> uh, and let's let's to looking at Wales. There's been yeah. there's been a lot of. I mean, I think it's brilliant mind games from Eddie personally, but. I don't know if you saw him in his post-match interview when he um, came out and said, you know, obviously we are playing Wales's greatest ever side. So, I, I, of course, I think that's mind games. I think the, the, the reason he can say that is because if you look at their winning streak, there's a strong argument to say, well, that's that's the greatest they've ever won. So he can say that. I think it's or been I, said. I think I think possibly even Warren Gatlin has said it. Because for that reason, you know, maybe a flippant sort of passing comment. You know, look at the results. This we've equaled. We've equaled the record of the greatest ever side. Something like that. And then Eddie's gone, jumped on it, and gone. I'll have. I'll have that. That's the perfect soundbite. Yeah. Because you throw that out there, and 
There's not a lot, you know, it's like, what, what can you say? We know he's taking the piss. Uh, you know, the whole of Wales knows he's taking the piss. But you can't really call him on it because what he's said is that you're the greatest. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, there's something quite clever about it. It's, it's almost less petty than usual. Um, I think it is. I think the reality is, do, does anyone truly believe that? Don't yeah. get me wrong. Wales, Wales have got a very good side. They've got good players. Are they at the level of the teams they had in the 70s, for example, the likes of the JPR Williams, JJ Williams, Phil Bennett? Well, the, the, the team, the, yeah, the I, team I, that I set this, this record, it was back in like 1906 or something. Um, yeah. And they, they got 11 straight wins over the course of two years, during which time they did two grand, they won two Grand Slams. Yeah. Wales have done it in, uh, what, 18 months? Not, not even quite 18 months. Um, now, I don't know, I don't know, no, maybe less than that, maybe a year. I don't know whether, I don't know whether, uh, I don't know, I haven't actually looked back far enough to see what the teams where they were playing. And also, let's not forget, it's all well and good comparing like for like, it's a different game, um, and they're two totally different sides. So they could they could be different na- they could be different nations. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you you can't compare the two. Um, but you know, you look at Wales's results, and I did a quick comparison with with England's kind of first eleven games under Eddie Jones because they obviously got their had their win streak. So I looked at their first eleven games. In the in England's first eleven games, they beat. Everyone who was, you know, in the, every relevant team in the top flight, uh, bar New Zealand, who they didn't, yep. who they didn't play, uh, Wales, and, and admittedly they also didn't play them all. Um, beat France, South Africa, Scotland, and Australia. Which, which is still, which is still good. Let's not take that away from them. That's still good. But Wales, like you say, Wales haven't beaten. New Zealand, Ireland, or England. In no, that. And they haven't beaten Scotland. They haven't beat. They haven't beaten Scotland in Edinburgh, who we who we know are no, a different are a different beast. And we, we we must say they are a different beast. I mean, I say with the New Zealand, Ireland, uh, England thing, they haven't had a chance to do that. So we can't blame no, no, Wales absolutely. for that. You, you can only you can only play the team in front of you, of course. Um, yeah. You know, one of those games. I mean, a prime example is that um, that South Africa game that was played out in the states, of course, which was a bit of a a bit of a joke game, really, wasn't it? I think both it, sides. It was but both both ways, but yeah, then yeah. equally they beat South Africa in the autumn, so they have beaten South Africa. You, you know, they have beaten the full South African team, and that South African team in the autumn, yeah, yeah. is a good team, yeah, a very good team. And against Australia, although Australia aren't necessarily brilliant at the moment Australia do seem to hold some form of voodoo over Wales and Wales have overcome that and beaten them so yeah have they opened up the floodgates I mean it's not it's not quite the three in a row that we had in Australia in uh, in our <laughs> opening 11 uh, matches but <laughs> but you know baby steps you know England so, have done 18 Wales are trying to get number 12 when they take on <laughs> England Nice, I like and, and, and you know, and, and and I think a little round of applause for them. It's it's a good effort. Um, it's it's uh, it's just I'm just sorry that it has to come to an end, uh, and in Cardiff yeah, of all places. I, I am sorry, but they will end that losing streak in Cardiff. Um, so actually, this is a good point. So here's here's my thoughts. I I don't know if you're different. So the first two games that Wales played, fair enough, they've won them both. I think they've been a poor team. 
But I don't think any of that matters. I don't think the win streak matters. I don't think anything matters when it comes to England, Wales and Cardiff. I think it's a completely new game, completely different. The motivations are slightly different. The play will be different. Well, well hang on. So so that's that's all well and good, and I don't disagree with you. But you've said they were a poor team in the first in their opening two games. Yes. They were a good team that played badly, or they were a poor team? Because it's quite a big They're difference. Poor performance team, poor performance team, a good team that played badly. I mean, are they? We've we've seen two different sides. There was ten changes for the second game. Yeah, I, I think I think Wales as a whole are a good team. They've, I think their top team is a good team. Uh, I think they've got good players. I think they've got actually fairly good strength and depth. I don't know. But, I, I just I think I think they're going to come unstuck. I think all the hype, and I think England are going to do what England have been doing for the last two they're games. Unstuck because they're against England, but I don't think that makes them a poor team. I just don't think they're as good as England. I, but I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I right now I I think England will. I think England are going to win. I think England are going to win with a bonus point again. Um, and I think it's going to be another one of these games where England just come out so quickly and so aggressively and Wales aren't going to have an answer. Even um, though it's in Cardiff. I don't know what I did. This, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure most people... In fact, this is probably quite a good time to read out. Um, it's not a new review, although it's a new... No, it's a new review, but it's from Wade. He's back. Um, fortunately, uh, we, have, we have retained our five stars, which is always nice. Um, and and he's he's warning us of a Welsh backlash. He says, "Gents, good coverage. The excitement is rising, and the rose-tinted specks are getting thicker by the day. Zippy is so excitable that I fear he may spontaneously combust <laughs> in a forthcoming live pod." A note of caution: Wales in Cardiff. Cardiff is never anything else than a very tough proposition. I've seen uh, too many England teams find it the graveyard of the Red Rose ambition. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. My prediction is that the England back three will be bombed by Dan Bigger under the high ball. Also, rather than the limp France back three, George North, Liam Williams, etc. will be a different challenge when it comes to regathering the high ball. The Welsh crowd will be baying for arrogant English blood if they sense weakness. Gatlin will have a very detailed plan and he is the best coach in the world, in my opinion. That will cause debate. Lol. Uh, we will see it. We, sorry, we will see, but it will be close. England are playing intelligent, athletic, and heads-up rugby, and long may it continue. No side in the world will fan- fancy playing them at the moment. Let's hope with good reason. Best WD. Um, so, WD or WA? He calls himself W. No, it's WD. Well, Wade Atford's obviously the, the kind of the, the yeah. nickname he's given himself, but his name's presumably Wade something beginning with D. Oh right. Okay. So. So there's a couple of things. Firstly, I actually think that's. I think what he said is is actually very good, and that, in my opinion, very good analysis of what's going on. One thing I'm, I'm going to take a slight guess here, and this is in no way meant to surprise his way, because like I said last week, I like him. I'm guessing he works within something like management consulting, risk consultancy. He's very risk adverse. He's very level-headed, doesn't want to get ahead of it, which is not, I'm not saying a bad thing, because I'm basically the complete opposite. Well, well, Wales, Jesus Christ, I need to hurt myself. England play well, you know, once and I'm like, England the best team ever, whereas Wade is a lot more level-headed with it. But, and I think what he says is very true, I think Wales, and I completely agree with his point, Wales are a different prospect. It has been the graveyard of many a uh, sort of England team there going there with great ambition. 
I don't see it this week. I am 100% believing England will be. I'm not convinced I mean, about the bonus point like it, you are. But England, I think England it, have won their last two matches against Wales in Cardiff. Yes, but we've also there's also been times in Cardiff where we've fallen down fairly heavily. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, there have been, but you know, we're talking about we're talking about pre Eddie Jones. We're talking about a different a different England team. We we are we are so and, so and, and, then, you know. I, I, yeah, I just I can't see it. I can't see it. I, I, I can't I can't see it either. But I think form goes out the window when Wales play England and Cardiff. I mean, Wales, this is the game where I think the, the Welsh will put everything into it and they oh, will... I have no doubt that they will absolutely want to win and they'll want to win it more than they than they want to win any of their other games. I'm just not sure that that is enough to suddenly make players that are not performing particularly well start performing well. Like it doesn't, I don't, I don't. It doesn't all just come together simply because the players go, "Oh, we want to win this." If it did, that would just send the message that, "Well, you didn't really want to win the other games." I know, yeah. I know that they uh, won them, so people will listen to this and going and say they're unbeaten. Um, and they but, are, but we but, need to respect that. But two very poor performances. So, from on a on a performance level, you don't just suddenly play well, like unless you've intentionally gone out to play badly in the in the previous two. Like you, you, you so, see, you see gradual improvements, and I'm not sure that that you know over the course of a few months between you know a, a summer tour and an autumn international series, for example. Sure, there's been plenty of opportunity to improve over the course of two weeks between matches. I'm not sure so, that, that that's enough time to, to completely change the way you play. So here's my here's my thinking on it. I think Wales will make England earn everything. They will put their full body on the line. They will put every passion into it. Now, here's the thing. If England play how they have been playing in the first two games, any level of passion and want to win, I don't think will be enough. But if England don't perform like that, if England have a bad day at the office, I think Wales will you know, have got a chance of beating them because of the level of passion and maybe, will. But maybe. but in, that that's where I think it's slightly different. But I don't yeah. think that enough be enough to beat an England team on form performing how they have done. Interestingly, slight change of tact. Um if England were to lose against Wales, uh but <laughs> but still manage to score four tries and and lose by less than seven, so they get their two bonus points. And if they keep Wales from getting any bonus points themselves, England could be... A, I know it wouldn't affect the end result if Wales went on to do the Grand Slam because there's obviously three bonus points for winning the Grand Slam. But England would be ahead of them on the table despite losing. It, that takes a lot, though, because you're saying we need to get a four-point... Four well, yeah, so, so let's say we scored, let's say we scored four, they, four converted tries and no penalties and they scored three converted three tries and a couple of penalties... penalties. They could no, I, I they could potentially win. Possible. I know thirty twenty eight or something. And yeah. we and we'd each we'd each they would take four points from the game. We would take two points from the game, and we'd be on level points. Except we'd have about a forty point thirty or thirty point points difference over them. So we'd we'd actually be top yeah. of the table. I know that, that they get that's why they've that's why the Six Nations has the three bonus points for winning a Grand Slam because it's that's how you ensure that that can't happen. You know. You can't have a team that's unbeaten not win. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would not like to be top of the table on on, on that scenario. Though. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And, I, and it's also not going to happen because England are going to win with a bonus point. Of and, and And actually, of the table is going to look like England are going to be top of the table with 15 points. Ireland are going to be second with nine points. Wales third on eight. France are going to beat Scotland. Um, and so Scotland and France are going to be on five points each. And Italy, unfortunately, the whipping boys against Ireland on Sunday. Um, are going to remain on zero. Yeah, Italy, Italy, Ireland is a tough game for that's Italy. What, that's um, what the table looks like at the end of round three, uh, and it's and it has England six points clear at the top, which is huge because of oh. course that's that's more than a bonus point win. Yeah, I. Um, and then we have both Scotland and I mean, Italy at Twickenham. Yeah, if if that happens. England have won the Six Nations. I mean, I think if England beat, I think if England beat Wales, uh, it, it, we we can be very close to celebrating the Six Nations win. Bearing in mind our points difference to date, our next the, the, two games, the, like, but... the likelihood of a bonus point win against Italy. Yes. The, the 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 in all in all honesty, the I don't know. Likelihood's probably the wrong word, but there's a very good chance of a bonus point win against Scotland, given that it's at Twickenham. You know, England could. Conceivably, if they can, if they can get a bonus point win against Wales, which is a big ask, I appreciate that. But if they could do it, they they could not conceivably, because of course it's conceivably possible. But you know, it it wouldn't be unrealistic to think that England would be and should be targeting, you know, not only a Grand Slam but a bonus point in every game too, which presumably is a record that's never been done. Uh, not, not, not that I think the bonus point system's only been in for a few years, a couple of years or something, but yeah, yeah. it's, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I personally don't think we'll get a bonus point win against Wales and Cardiff. I think we'll win and I think we'll Yeah, but win. you thought, you thought that about England against France. I did. And you were wrong. I was wrong. And, um... <laughs> yeah. So on that basis alone, I'm going with uh, England by 14 and a bonus point. So, so I think I think England will win by. I, do you know what? On the pod on Monday when I was in the ESPN one, um, I think I said I can't remember what I said. I think I might have even said England by 15 or something. Oh, I might have got carried away. <laughs> good, I, good. I, I, yeah. I can't remember Look, exactly. With the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England are going to win the World Cup in 2019. So. We are supposed to be uh, overly optimistic. Yes, um, we are, and, and we are. And right now, and right now, they're backing it up. They they are backing it up, so and if, deservedly. If you, if you can't blow smoke up their asses now, when can you? Good when we win the World Cup, <laughs> and we will. <laughs> we will. We certainly will. Right. Um, it, it's a good game. It's a good game. Um. I like I say though I I truly believe sort of to date form and all that side is actually not something that is going to come into this match too much because Wales and Cardiff against England in the Six Nations they will throw everything. Let me at let me let me leave you then with one thing: England in Dublin against Ireland. Yeah. All right. That's no, all, no, 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 no. It's a good point. I see where you're coming. I see where you're coming. It's a Before this Six Nations, that's a that's a bigger, tougher fixture than Wales in Cardiff. Of course, of course. Um, and not only did they win, but they took a bonus point. So 
I think England are going in with huge confidence, rightly so. Um, I think Wales are going in with a dip in form. And I just can't see them... I just can't see them stopping this this England assault that is going on at the moment. So we, we will have one more chance to change our minds when we do next week's episode, when we're going to look a bit more at the actual team that we're likely to see. And, and you know, we'll, we'll talk more about tactics and, and no doubt there'll be uh, some new stuff in the media because um, England, England against Wales, Eddie Jones against Warren Catlin, there's always plenty to talk about. There'll no doubt be some something that gets Twitter uh, buzzing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think... For now, I'm going to leave you just with exactly that. And, uh, and so, guys, thank you for joining us again. Um, we, we really appreciate you sticking with us throughout all of this. Hopefully, you're enjoying the Six Nations. Hopefully, you're enjoying our coverage of the Six Nations. Um, we're certainly enjoying these live episodes, uh, so I hope you guys are too. Um, do spread the word. Uh, rate us and review us if you haven't already done so. Um, we have got, I think there's a 1,000 of you downloading this every week at the moment, which is amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, only only sixty odd reviews. So we'd really appreciate if you could just take the five minutes, crack on over to iTunes and, um, and drop us a review, and it gives us the opportunity to read them out and find out what you guys think. Because um, if a thousand of you listen every week, we must be doing something right. Um, get in touch with us as well if you've got anything you want to ask us or anything you want to tell us um, on email. Uh, it's englandrugbypod at gmail dot com or Twitter and Facebook at englandrugbypod. In, at England rugby pod even um, and and yeah we will we will keep you informed about Dan's little jaunt to ESPN HQ um, and, uh, and and yeah jo- if you haven't or if you're not already following us on Twitter we're constantly putting stuff out there so um, check us out follow us and uh, and yeah we will catch you guys next week in the build up to what it, it's going to be another huge game yeah, yeah, it's going to be a huge game. Guys, enjoy your week off from the Six Nations. I know it's painful because we all want to see it, but go back to rugby clubs, play play a game. If, uh, you know, if you've been avoiding that, so you can watch Six Nations. Um, well, next week, obviously, like Anna says, be back. And it will be, you know, great in the build-up to the Wales game. Thanks Business so much. as usual. Absolutely.